Hey guys, and welcome to the Money Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Johnson. Do you think tax time is tough? Well, take it from me, it used to be a lot tougher. When I became a CPA 40 years ago, you did taxes with a pencil, not a computer. To uncover deductions, you waded through wads of paper rather than opening an expense tracking app. When you were done, you mailed in your tax form along with a paper check if you owed money. If you didn't, you waited weeks for your refund check. If you went to an accountant or other tax professional, which was the only thing you could do if you didn't do it by hand, you paid through the nose for the privilege. These days, paying taxes may still be painful, but the process of filing them is way easier, smoother, and much faster. If they're simple, now you can actually do your taxes in five minutes on your cell phone, even if they're complicated. If you keep good digital records, you can be done in an hour or two. While there are still pros out there who want to charge big bucks to do your taxes for you, now there are myriad ways to get your taxes done for nothing. According to the IRS, about 70% of Americans who file taxes, it's about 100 million of us, are eligible for any number of free programs through the IRS. But even though filing is easier today, there's one thing that isn't, and that's keeping on top of all the potential tax savings available. There are tons of tips and tricks you can use to legally lower your tax bill. You just need to know what they are. And that's what this week's Money Podcast is all about. We're going to talk about often overlooked deductions and tax credits, including things you can do now to reduce your 2021 taxes. And we're going to do it, hopefully, without boring you to death in the process. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hey there, Miranda. Hey, Stacy. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer and novice investor, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. I don't know if I'm going to contribute much to this one. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> Let's get the ball rolling, guys. But first, a disclaimer. We probably won't, but should we discuss specific investments in this show, don't take them as recommendations because they're never recommendations. Before you invest in anything, you got to do your own research. you got to make your own decisions. Okay, now let's get back to the topic at hand. Miranda, I know you've got a whole bunch of tips for us. I, I really didn't do any homework on this at all. I have no idea. No, that's not true. <laughs> I got I I to imagine for the vast majority, people are going to be taking the standard deduction, aren't they? Yes, they are. The, most people do take the standard deduction now that it's so big. What what is it this year? It's twenty six thousand, isn't it? I, I didn't it's even look. Twenty five, twenty five nine. Twenty five nine. Yeah. Nine? yeah. Well, see, Aaron, you've already it's contributed. It's up eight hundred bucks from last year. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to be taking it this year. I in the past I haven't because I had a lot of mortgage interest, but now I don't, my mortgage is pretty much paid off. So that's about the only big deduction I had, uh, except for property taxes. Yeah, so for the 2021 tax year, so it's it's always fun because you have to remember that here in 2022, we're filing taxes for our 2021 tax year. So for that, um, you've got, if you're single, it's 12550 for the standard deduction. You, for your married filing jointly, it's 25100 And then for somebody like me, who is head of household, it's 18800 Oh, that's right. It's raised for the next tax season. Yeah. But, so next tax yeah, season, okay. next tax year, then we'll get that twenty five thousand nine hundred that you were talking about. Right. Uh, but for this tax year, it's not. <laughs> it's it, it is. It's confusing because because when we're filling yeah. we're filling out our taxes, we need to look at what was going on last year. Right. Okay. So just for argument's sake, let's establish that the first thing we advised was wrong. <laughs> See, I told you I wouldn't contribute. <laughs> but, but now, please here's don't sue that, us. <laughs> <laughs> here, here's something that you can do, Aaron, uh, that has nothing to do with that standard deduction. We are going to go over some deductions, but there's stuff you can do now for your for last year's taxes that, to to lower them. One example: contributing to an IRA. 
right? You can do that right now. Until you file your taxes, you can contribute to an IRA or solo 401k or any number of other retirement plans. Uh, IRA's contribution, I believe, is six thousand dollars for twenty twenty one, seven thousand if you're over fifty. So right. that, it, that, what, that could actually lower your tax bracket. Yes, if, if you fall within that. Yes. So one of, that's that's really one of the only things I can do. You know, back in the day, I used to own rental property and all kinds of stuff, and I could take tax deductions. But now there's really not a whole lot I can do. But I'd sure max out my retirement plan contributions. I contributed a ton to retirement accounts this year. Uh, to reduce my 2021 tax liability. So that's something you could do right now that will reduce last, reduce last year's tax liability. I'm going to tell my accountant right now. Yeah, and kind of okay. along those same lines as well, your health savings account, you can do a previous, and it's what's called a previous year contribution. So if you're going to uh, make another contribution to your IRA, if you have room to do that, you want to make sure you designate it as a previous year contribution so it doesn't get counted toward this year. Uh, same thing with an HSA, your health savings account. Uh, you can still make a health savings account uh, deduction uh, contribution all the way up until you get to tax day. And once again, you want to designate that as a previous year contribution. Yes. Now you want to explain really quick because you're our expert on this topic, <laughs> what, what an HSA is and what, and what one was to have, what you have to have to have one. Yeah. So with a health savings account, you need to have a high deductible health plan and uh, then you can contribute to a health savings account and it rolls over year to year, which is great. And then you also end up with um so, so you don't have to spend the money down you can invest the money it's really nice it's just a really nice thing uh you contribute the money you get a tax deduction if you invest the money it grows tax-free over time and then if you withdraw the money from the account as long as you use it for a qualified expense then you don't pay taxes on it so it is one of the very truly tax-free like completely tax-free uh ways to um kind of grow your wealth over time so the HSA is my favorite thing. We have some articles and resources about it on moneytalksnews.com. So go check those out. Yeah. And you now you do have to have a high deductible health plan, which means you have to have a deductible of at least $2,800 to qualify for an HSA. But if you qualify, get one. Now, unfortunately, I, I have one, but I can no longer contribute to it because I'm on Medicare. If you're on Medicare, you can no longer contribute to your HSA. You can, however, pull money out of your HSA and pay your Medicare, uh, pay your Medicare premiums with it. Uh, I've not done that so far, but I, I probably will. But anyway, my wife, though, uh, she could contribute 3600 bucks uh, to her HSA plan this year. And as a matter of fact, just the other day, I started my taxes. And just the other day, she was sitting about 20 feet from where I am right now. And I said, hey, pull your pull your phone out and transfer 3600 bucks into your HSA. She's like, for real? Yeah. Do I have to? I said, yes, you have to. It's a nice <laughs> deduction. So she it did. is. That's a great deduction. So, So that's something you can do now. But what about... Now the year is over. Can we look back and talk about some of the things that we can deduct from the past year? Yes, please. Yeah. So, uh, so now we did talk about the standard deduction versus itemize. And when you itemize, uh, you know, a lot of people, like we said, aren't going to get that standard deduction. However, there are above, they're called above the line deductions that you can claim that you don't have to itemize. So you can claim these deductions and then also get your standard deduction. So this is really nice. Your retirement account contributions, your health, uh, your HSA contributions, that's great. If you are self-employed and you pay out of pocket for health insurance, that is an above the line deduction. And then for me, I have a son in college. I'm paying his tuition and fees. That tuition and fees gets uh, taken out 
uh, as a deduction before you get to the itemization, and so does student loan interest that you have paid on your student loans. Very cool. There's a lot of uh, education deductions, education-related deductions, uh, and I'm sure that you know what they all are. But and I, I stopped paying attention because you know I'm I'm uh, I'm not going to get educated at this late date. I'm already <laughs> stupid. And I'm not going to I'm not going to make it through college. And I have no kids to put through college. But but do look up. Just look up education deductions. Just Google it. There's a whole bunch of stuff you might be able to deduct. Now, here's something. This ta- the tax credit. The credit starts going away. It's for uh, child care expenses. The tax the credit starts going away at $75,000 income uh, for singles, one fifty dollars for married filing jointly. But you might be, be sure and look up this credit, too. You can expect to get up to eighteen hundred bucks for each child five or five and younger, up to fifteen hundred for each child between the age of six and six and seventeen when you file your twenty twenty one taxes. So be sure and check that one out too. Oh, how about do you you do a lot of charity work, Miranda? Right? <laughs> I do. You do though. Yeah, you work at a food bank. Blah blah blah. You do lots of stuff. Uh, so you know you can write off fourteen cents a mile plus parking tolls stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So you can do, yeah, when you do charity work, you can write that off. Yeah, and uh, also, State sales taxes. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, speaking of charitable deductions, so normally when you make big charitable deductions, that's something that you would normally itemize. But for 2020 and 2021, so last tax year, you can actually deduct $300 in charitable contributions above the line so you don't so if you if you've made some charitable contributions and you're like well i i don't have enough uh contributions to itemize then you still can get $300 of that you can still get a bit of a deduction cool do you pay state sales taxes in idaho miranda uh, we do. And so, but, but a lot of the time, I'm sorry, state income tax is what I meant to say. Obviously you pay sales taxes. Income yes. Taxes. Yes, I do. I'll be getting taxes back because once again, they've given us a tax cut. We have crumbling infrastructure, but Hey, who cares? When I can- <laughs> but, but if you don't have, if you don't have, um, state income tax, like Aaron and I live in Florida, no state income tax here. Uh, but but you can deduct your state sales taxes if you if you if you can deduct your state income taxes you're probably better off doing that but you can deduct your state sales taxes uh, up to ten thousand dollars also with your local property taxes that's the salt deduction that there was so much brouhaha about so you can write off sales tax and property taxes with a ten thousand dollar per year maximum write off so that's something to do too uh, you you or you can deduct your you know state income taxes. Uh, when you don't have state income taxes, obviously you're going to deduct your state sales taxes, and that's what we do here. I, and there's a there's a handy calculator on the IRS website that'll show you how much you can deduct based on your income and where you live. Uh, I, I just used that the other day to see how much I'd be able to write off for um, my sales taxes, and it was it was around two grand, but that's still not enough to put me over the standard deduction, so it's not going to do me any good. But I thought I'd check it out anyway. Oh, you know, here, here's something that's in, you know, all of us, all three of us are self-employed. And man, when you are self-employed, there are so many things that you can write off. You almost want to get a side gig just to become, just to get some of these write-offs. There's a ton of them. Uh, and you know, actually, let's do this. Let's take a really quick break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to tell you some of those deductions and some more deductions you can take to lower last year's tax bill. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. And let's talk about, do you guys know of all these deductions? I, I actually learned of one that I didn't even know about. I know I know of one that people are uh, constantly asking questions about. I don't know if we answered this in a 
previous podcast or not, but the uh, the recovery stimulus checks that they handed out. I uh-huh. guess there was a third one out there that was out in 2021, and everybody's worried and like, oh, is that taxable? Is that taxable? And uh, it's not. That will not be on your form. That is true. And also, by the way, if you didn't get there, there were three sim- stimulus checks in 2021. If you didn't get the third one, you can take that as a credit. Ye- Yes, you can claim it, but I think I think it's only on the 1040A or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I didn't qualify I for those. I don't uh, think it's rebates. on the easy form. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah, well, it probably isn't. I mean, you, op- you often have to itemize to get some of the stuff. Now, I'm not sure about that credit, though. You might be able to get that credit even if you don't itemize or even if you don't use the long form. I- I'm not sure about that. Maybe we can check and see. Um, also, did you know that if you're self-employed, you have to pay all your Social Security tax. I mean, if you are if you work for somebody, they pay half your Social Security. If you're self-employed, you have to pay it all. That's 15.3%. So if you're self-employed, though, you get to write off half of what you pay. So make sure you do that if you're self-employed. And here's something I didn't know, which you guys wouldn't care about. You can deduct Medicare premiums if you're self-employed and still working. Like me. I'm on Medicare. Uh, and I'm still working, so I can deduct half. I mean, I'm sorry, I can deduct all of my Medicare premiums. That's pretty cool. Wait, now that's that's uh, that's not on top of the standard deduction, though, right? That's it's an either or, right? You're what you're talking about? No, no, no. Now, now, when you're self-employed, your your business expenses are going to be separate. Oh, this has nothing separate. to do okay. with with itemizing itemizing your expenses. See, I, I find you talk about on the business side, okay? Yeah, 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 on the business side. So you have to be you have to be self-employed. You have to own a business to do this. But that that doesn't mean anything complicated. Um, you can have you can be an Uber driver and get all these deductions. And what about the what about the speaking of which I just asked Miranda something. Now I'm interrupting her. Um, <laughs> you you can also you can also do the um, home office deduction. I've worked at home for 30 years. I take the home office deduction every year. Yeah. Do you guys they- do that? Yeah, they've got a simplified version now too. Where if you if you don't have a big home office space you it, there's a simplified version as well uh but yeah i take the home office deduction and and my accountant and i do a whole thing where you know we look at the home office space uh the room of the home office space and then you you know we figure out okay what percentage of the house is it taking up and then we uh, go ahead and say okay so we can deduct part of the rent that i pay we can deb- deduct part of the uh, electricity uh, that's paid and just all sorts of things um, as a percentage, right? Like as a percentage, we can't deduct the electricity for the whole house, but but we can deduct, you know, a percentage of what the home office space would be taking up. Yeah, I just I just finished my spreadsheet. I do one every year. I'm looking to see if I even have it open right now because I just did it. But I deduct, uh, well, I use about 9% of my home for my business, the area where I'm sitting, and I have another little office uh, on the other side of my house. Uh, so anyway, I deduct 9% of everything, uh, electricity, water, lawn service, uh, every you know mortgage payments, everything I do. So th- this is really a huge, well, it's not a huge write-off, but it's a pretty good write-off. Uh, and again, this has nothing to do with um, itemized expenses. So th- these are deductions I get from my business income. That's that's got to be that's got to be pretty important nowadays because there's so many people working at home and everything else. Yes, and you know, thanks to the the tax reform that uh, Trump did, which is what 2018. Yeah, I think so. Um, we get to take 20 percent of. Uh, we we don't have to report 20 percent of our gross, or we get a. Dedu- I'm sorry, we get a deduction of 20 percent of our gross income, or half of our self-employment income. That's a huge break yeah, for people is. who are self-employed. 
Huge. Uh, so, you know, that's why what I do at the end of every year is I see which, which I, I try to balance it out, how much I paid myself. I liked how you used a Trumpism in there. What? Well, no, it's a great write-off. You said huge. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty good. I didn't even notice I was doing it. But, but that, saved, that literally saves me tens of thousands of dollars a year. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm astounded that it hasn't been reversed by this current administration, but it hasn't. So that's a great write-off, and it's something, you know, I, I used to, because I have a bunch of, in fact, Aaron and I work together, and he is a 1099 employee. So I, the, he's not a full-time employee. He's a full-time, but whatever, when you call it. He's not a regular employee. And, and because of that, he gets to write off 20% of his gross that he receives from me as a 1099 employee. Right. So th this is a really great advantage. Your business pays my business. That's right. My business pays your business. Okay, now, you know, Miranda mentioned um, accountants. Do you use an accountant, Aaron, for your taxes? Uh, yeah, her, her name is uh, Sonia, uh, yeah. and she's my wife, yeah. yeah. I, well, I, I'm a CPA, and I, don't, uh, I pay an accountant. I mentioned this, I think, in our last podcast. I do that because in case I'm audited, I want to have someone between me and the IRS. And I also use an accountant because I meet with them once a year. Even though I am a CPA, it's obviously not what I do for a living. You know, I talk into a microphone and write articles and stuff like that for a living. So I don't, I don't keep it abreast of taxes to the extent that I would if that were my sole profession. So well, every year I meet with going an accountant. On than, What's that? You got a lot more going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, 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 there, you know, I'm paying somebody who's smarter than me on taxes. Yeah. I, and I've never, and actually to get my CPA, I was a auditor for the state of Arizona. So I was a state auditor. My point being, I was never a tax expert, even when I was an accountant. I wasn't. So I, I, I try to, I mean, I can understand it probably more than the average person on the street, but I don't have a problem paying an accountant. But I, but I will, I'm, I'm saying that to segue into this. There are so many ways to get your taxes done free. And, and, and it really enrages me. I've done so many stories um, with, I've done stories in H&R Block. Uh, I used to do them every year. And Aaron, you, you shot stories like that with me, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so, but you know, point, you know what they would do? They, they'll charge you $200 a year taxes when they know good and well, you can go to the IRS with a person now, not software. You can sit down with a tax preparer and have your taxes done for absolutely nothing. If, yeah, there's, if, so many, there's so many people that could really use the easy form to do their taxes. and, and Yeah, well, I mean, you can literally have an accountant do your taxes. I mean, they're VITA volunteers. It's called the Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program. But if you make less than 58 grand, They'll do your taxes for nothing while you're sitting there with them, just like they did at H&R Block. And, you know, in H&R Block, I don't know, and I don't know if this is still true. I'm not going to say it is because I haven't done these stories in years. But uh, they, they, they would be happy to charge you money to do your taxes when you made less than $58,000 without giving you any kind of a hint. And not just H&R Block, all, all tax repairs. Uh, they, they should just send you to the IRS to get your taxes done for nothing, but they don't. And maybe they do now. You know, I don't know, but they didn't then. As I said in the, uh, in the intro to this podcast, 70% of taxpayers in the United States can get their taxes done for nothing. That's a lot. Yeah. And, and then yet they respond to these ads on TV and they go in and pay somebody a couple hundred bucks for something they don't need to pay for at all. Do you know what the, uh, the, the different things are, that there are? for? There's free file um, where you can get free software. And they charge a lot for tax preparation software now, don't they? It's like, oh, yeah. It's yeah. a ton. But you can and get it, and it's an, every year too. Yeah, it's not like one one and you're done. Yeah, and and I think it's worth noting Credit Karma actually now helps you file your taxes for free. Oh, so, I'm glad you mentioned that. 
Yeah. So Credit Karma has a program now where you can file your taxes for free. Um, I mean, you have to sign up for Credit Karma and then you just end up with an email inbox full of credit card offers. But it's (laughs) but, you know, it's free. Yeah. Yeah, is is it free no matter what your income is? I think it is, right? Yes, it is. It's free no matter what your income is. They can handle most things. Like if you if you need to file a K one form, they're not going to do that for you. Uh, but if you've but if you've got like you know they they can do stuff up to like rental property, handle your um, handle your investment like capital gains stuff, like up to those kinds of points. Uh, once it gets a little bit more uh, involved, like if you're you know if you've got like an adoption credit or if you've got, like I said before, a K-1 form or something like that, you're probably not going to be able to do it. But for a lot of people, for most people, no matter your income, credit karma is probably going to be adequate. Do you use it's them? It's free. No, I don't. No, I use an accountant. Um, oh, that's right. So, you mentioned it. Yeah. And uh, like I have to have a K-1 form. So... um so yeah, so my accountant actually like uh we're like connected through QuickBooks and everything and I'm to the point now where I don't even have to send him anything. He just pulls everything from QuickBooks and makes and, Me too. and does the thing. It's so I, great. I've, right? I've used QuickBooks since 1991 when I started this business. Um and it used to be a DOS-based program then. But I use QuickBooks and I just and now you're right. I I used to have to drop off paper then, then it became I dropped off a thumb drive, and now it's just I let my accountant get in there and grab the books and go for it. I mean, yeah, if you type in free tax filing, I mean, everybody's claiming that it's free. A TurboTax says we got free. H&R Block says they're free. Uh, tax access are free. And I guess for the vast majority, they say simple tax filing yeah. is free. Yes, which is basically and, and, the same thing as remember, grabbing the easy form from the government. But, and, and but yeah, but... But Credit Karma is actually free. So Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, a lot of these big providers, uh, the software providers, charge you for state. Yes. Uh, now, there, now, there is a consortium. I just read this the other day. There is a consortium of states that have gotten together to provide free software for their state residents. It's about time. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't think I have that in my notes. Like, it's because there's a whole bunch of them. There's like 10 or 15 states. So look that up. Just, let's just look up free state filing or free state filing software, and see if you can find if you're in one of those states or not. See, I'm in Florida, so we don't have state tax. Or move to a state that has, you know, no sales, no state tax. Yeah, here, come on down to Florida. We got room for one more person. (laughs) That's what we need. (laughs) Yeah, okay, but anyway, okay, free file. This is an IRS program. Make less than 73 grand of adjusted gross, and you qualify. That gives you free software to do your taxes. Now, Oh, here it is. Here's a note I've made. 20 states, 20 states also have state free file programs. I didn't know that until just now. So look that up. If you, you know, if if you've got state income taxes, look that up. Okay. Now, many major tax providers, that's what you guys were just alluding to, also will give you free tax preparation software for people with really simple tax situations, meaning you've got one W-2, you don't itemize, stuff like that. So you can get, get your taxes done for free by a lot of the big providers. They will try to nail you on state though. Um, Vida, I mentioned, make under 58 grand. You can get your taxes done for free by a volunteer in person. There's also tax counseling for the elderly. Um, that was, it was established to give free tax help to people like me, 60 and older, but still, and still prioritizes older people, but there's really no minimum age requirement. So, and those are all over the place too. 
as Aaron likes to remind me that I say all the time, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a TCE or a Vita. There plus. we go. <laughs> <laughs> I need a cat sound effect. <laughs> yeah. and, and actually, I have a sleeping cat right next to me. Um, okay, there's also, if you're in the military, there's MilTax program. Depart- Department of Defense puts it up, provides free tax software from H&R Block uh, to help military people and their families. So really, there's a lot, unless you make a lot of money, you, there's a lot of ways to get your taxes done for free. And apparently, according to what you said, Miranda, even if you do make a lot of money, uh, there are places you can get your taxes done for free. What was it again? Oh, Credit Karma. Credit Karma. Yeah, Credit Karma. Okay, so if, if you make a lot of money, go to Credit Karma. If you don't, go to the IRS website and actually just look up, like Aaron said, just put in free, free tax filing and you'll get a whole bunch of different things. Just make sure you don't get on the hook for an expensive state tax return. So there's a lot of things to do. Also, you know what? Do you have anything else, Miranda? I I'm, I'm, feel like I'm talking the whole time here. No, I don't have anything else. <laughs> I think, I think, I think we've pretty much covered it. There are some great things you can do, and some great free resources that can help you along the way and reduce what you're paying. Yes, and and I urge you, get a side hustle going, guys, so that you can take a bunch of these business deductions. And you can look up uh, Google business tax deductions, and you'll see what I mean. There's a whole bunch of things you can do. Don't don't lie. Don't steal from the IRS. One thing I don't do is I don't cheat on my taxes ever. Uh, because I don't want to be looking over my shoulder. I make sure that I, I pay what I owe. I don't pay more than I owe, hopefully, but I pay what I owe. So don't cheat the tax man because you might regret it. Okay, now we're ready for our question. And this week it is Miranda's question. Are you ready, Miranda? I am ready. Let's do this. This comes from Francis. And here's the question. It's very short. I've read that when bond yields go up, stocks go down. Can you explain that to a neophyte? <laughs> Yeah. So one of the things uh, about bonds, uh, first of all, is bond yields, which is the amount of money you get. So like the interest you are paid, right? A bond is a loan to an entity, whether it's a company or the government. And so the yield is what you get paid. And so bond prices move opposite to yields. So if a bond yield is going up, uh, the price is going down and vice versa. The reason why this kind of happens when bond prices are going up, that means yields are kind of going down, right? Stocks are a little bit riskier. Uh, stocks are stocks are riskier. You're more, you know, they're likely to go down. And so when people see, oh, well, if bond yields are going up, if I can get more for a for an asset that's considered safer right? Because bonds are considered safer than stocks. So if I can get a higher return for a portion of my portfolio by taking advantage of rising stock, uh, rising bond yields, then I'm going to sell some of my stocks. And when you start selling stocks, then the price goes down, right? Because demand is going down. So so there's there's some of that. Now, sometimes bond yields and stock prices move together. That happens. Like there's like no perfect like this is there's no perfect cause and effect for all the things all the time. Uh, but in general, like when when bond yields are really low, people are like, oh, well, bond yields are really low. I can get a better return in the stock market. I'm going to buy more stocks. So then the price goes up. And because more people want stocks, and so then the prices go up. And then when you know things start happening and rates start rising and bond yields go up, then the opposite happens. People are like, okay, well now I want to put my cash into something that's returning better, but also um, you know is safer. 
So yeah, if that makes sense. I mean, sense. yeah, it's yeah, you know, example from real life. When I became a stockbroker in 1981, uh, you could buy a government bond with an interest rate of 15. percent This is no risk, literally no risk, because the government prints money, so it can, they cannot default by definition. So if you can earn 15 percent with no risk at all, why the hell would you be in the stock market? And so the stock market goes down because everybody sells and they buy bonds. Just that simple. You know, so it, you know, you're going to go where the the safety, if you can get 15%, no risk, why would you own stocks? And that's why when I started in this as, as a stockbroker, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was at about 1,000. Now it's at 30,000, 35,000. So, you know, it, when, and when, when, when bonds aren't yielding anything, like savings accounts are yielding nothing at all, well, you got nothing, you know, you got, you have to go to the stock market to get some kind of yield. You have no choice. So that's why there's, that's, that's why that relationship exists. What's what's one reason? They're actually more complicated reasons, but that's good enough. Great job, Miranda. And now we're out of time. But you know what, guys? Even though we're out of time, we're never out of topic. Dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to, I mean, lots of info in our show notes. So go there and look at the notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That's Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. If you got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, we'd love to hear from you. Just email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one last thing, if you appreciate what we do, do something for us. Subscribe to this podcast. Takes you a couple seconds. Really helps us out, though. So if you like us, show us and subscribe and tell your friends, too. I'm Stacy Johnson. And I'm Miranda Marquette. And I'm Aaron Freeman. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We're going to see you right here next time.